What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. I'm producer Cameron Costa, and here's what we're talking about on today's episode. The FBI has disrupted a Russian hacking operation. Former CIA Director General David Petraeus joins us from the Munich Security Conference. He's talking Vladimir Putin's geopolitics. His willingness to negotiate, this is all pure fiction. He wants to crush Ukraine, and if he is able to do that, he won't stop there. Moldova, Lithuania, and others will be next. And the Fox, Disney, Warner Brothers Discovery sports streaming deal. Why we still don't know too much about it. And why the sports leagues haven't said much either. Former FTC Commissioner Moselle Thompson. Everybody has been a little quiet. They haven't said what they're going to do yet. Because I think they were caught by surprise. Plus, when you don't really know how to work your Roku. We could probably call the IT desk. Might call Andrew the fate of classic mall stores, and a sports story to really bet on. Caitlin Clark's drive to history. Oh yeah, she did. It's Friday, February 16th, 2024, and Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one, cue it please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan. Andrew is off today. It's a Friday, and uh, yeah, we're burning into that Friday ahead of a three-day weekend. Shares of Roku are plunging. The company reported a loss of 55 cents a share, worse than the 52-cent loss that analysts had expected. And average revenue per user also uh, disappointing. It slipped by 4% during the quarter. But guidance for the current quarter was better than ex- uh, expected, and executives told shareholders they plan to increase revenue and free cash flow uh, and achieve profitability over time. The stock uh, took a hit earlier this week on a report that Walmart could buy Vizio, the TV smart TV maker, giving it access to advertise on its platforms. And Roku runs a similar platform, which generated $829 million in revenue from advertising and licensing during the quarter. A lot of people don't under, don't realize that Walmart has its own advertising unit. It's a pretty profitable unit for them. It's been building over time. So um, you, you think, okay, advertising, why would Walmart matter with that? Yeah. But they do have a pretty uh, big online advertising I remember it, it, on one, not the right person to talk about this, but on one of the recent TVs that I bought, it comes with Roku. Mm-hmm. And I think we like, I don't know, you gotta sign in and do a bunch of stuff, but we've- We have Roku on some of them. You do? Yeah. You use it? Uh, we swapped out. TV, we, we, used to, we used to use Roku, and now on our more recent ones, we've got a different Isn't package. Apple TV take the place of, of Roku? In some basically? cases, but I have a different one even than that. So. I didn't know what to do with this. What are we supposed to do with this? Good question. Did that help me out? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That might not be the most probing uh, question for this. We, we need to probably call the IT desk. That's what we, we need. call Andrew. Andrew. Yeah. We can get him, picks up his phone. Yep. Maybe leave him alone this morning. Maybe leave him alone. <laughs> 
Right now, an interesting story about an American retailer that anybody with kids knows pretty well. Last week, the Children's Place warned that it was running out of cash. The staple of American shopping malls has been on the edge of bankruptcy, but since last week's warning, more than half of the company's stock has been snapped up by the Al-Raji family. They're the founders of Saudi Arabia's largest private bank. Mythak Capital, which invests some of the family's money, bought 46% of the retailer's shares on Friday and Monday and another 8% on Tuesday. It spent at least $80 million to buy control of the company during three trading sessions. It's an unusual way to execute a hostile takeover without speaking to the company's executives or taking a public offer to shareholders. Mythak was able to execute the takeover because Children's Place quarterly report missed estimates on Friday, and many shareholders were eager to sell out quickly. Mythek has confirmed that the company plans to replace the board at this year's annual shareholder meeting. We should note that the company is small with a market cap of just $312 million. I guess the only question is why not wait till they went into bankruptcy, but if you can get a price that cheap after the shares fell so sharply, maybe it's easier to just do it on the that open market. A, that is tiny. Yeah, very small. It, I was in, I was was in a it, children's place on Monday. Was it always so Monday. tiny? Uh, no. Children's place. No, it, it, look, any of these companies have suffered pretty greatly. Yeah. Um, the ones that are stored in the malls because so much of this is now done online. I was in a children's place Monday looking for a Valentine's Day shirt. There weren't any, of course, because it was too close to Valentine's Day. But um, it's been a long time since I've been into a lot of these stores, too. It's got to be a nice mall now. I mean, it's the way that it's separated. The nice ones from the, the, the crappy ones are like ghost towns. Yeah, yeah, this one. And where I'm going to walk, uh, you know, if... if it, no, I haven't... <laughs> He hasn't come to that, has not come to that, but I, I see the It's the a ball. good place for indoor walking, keeping, <laughs> keeping your steps up in the, the wintertime. nurse's shoes, I see everybody. Yeah, it's kind of cute. No, I still run outside, damn it. We're watching the shares of DraftKings. The company reported a loss of 10 cents a share. The street was looking for a profit of 8 cents. Uh, revenue gained 44% year over year, but uh, fell slightly short of expectations. DraftKings also announced that it plans to acquire a lottery app Jack pocket for about seven hundred and fifty million dollars. So a little slim pickings this week for things going on. Well, you clearly weren't watching the Rutgers Northwestern game. I last can't night. bet on Rutgers. Oh right, in the state. Because it's in the state or well, Rutgers Paul won. Or... Spoiler alert. They played Northwestern. Northwestern's really good. good game. I bet on yeah. North, Northwestern before. Yeah, Rutgers is definitely uh, competitive tonight. Uh, Villanova Georgetown. That's about it oh. though. No NBA games because the All-Star game is Sunday. No football games this weekend. No football games. Can you bet on hockey? I don't know, but the Devils lost last night, too. There's a bet on DraftKings. They got, someone has to score a goal in the first 10 minutes. I think that's a sucker's bet. Don't you think? No. You think it can happen? Doesn't happen very often. No. But it, that's what I mean. Yeah, it doesn't First period, often. I might do it. First 10 minutes. It's, I don't yeah. know. It's like soccer. Would you bet? <laughs> Soccer's different. It's, will you bet on a goal being scored in the season? At I played some, soccer. At some soccer. point in the, in the... I love soccer. Will the goal be scored this year? Let's tell you about a pretty stunning performance in college basketball on oh, Peacock last what? night. Oh, yeah. She this did. was a big deal. Iowa's Caitlin Clark needed eight points to break the Division I women's scoring record. Scored 40-something. 49, I think. She <laughs> wasted no time getting there, and she actually broke the record in style. She took a shot from just over the half-court line that hit nothing but net. 
By the way, it took her just two minutes and 12 seconds to score those eight points that she needed. Clark not only broke the NCAA record, she also set a new single-game scoring record at Iowa. She finished with 49 points. And wow, wow, this was a sellout crowd. I don't know if you've been watching. It, it's more than 500 bucks a ticket, I think, on average to get into these games that she's playing in. It's an incredible shooter. It's, yeah. it, it, it's, I don't it's even, I can't put my finger on how, how, what goes on. Do you? Mental, no, no In your idea. brain, what, what is that, that that allows you? Excellence, that's what that is. How, though? How? How? Do, 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 do. There's all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, it's almost like AI. To look, well, look there's, some, there's some physics that goes into it. Well, right? Some. I mean, it. you're moving forward. You're moving backward. You're moving to the side. You're still able Did to adjust hear, all those former things. Former Senator and, Bill Bradley. Yeah. You know, he played at Princeton and yeah. then went on to, to but he was Knicks. Even though he was at Princeton, he was still really good. Yeah. When, well, <laughs> and he played at the Knicks. <laughs> but when he was at Princeton, they, there was an article that I read a long time ago, I think, from The New Yorker, where it talked about he was shooting from anywhere. He knew if the rim was off by an inch or something because he'd be taking the shots. No, that yep. should fall. Like, he would know because you're doing the math and the physics in your head. There's a you million things. And, and there's also a guy in front of you or a girl in front yeah. of you, so you, the arc has to be... It's, it's unbelievable. You know, I saw someone sent me Steph Curry from full court. Hit he five hit, in a row from full court. I just full saw court. a shot yesterday. He hit from the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but, I'm not but kidding. Five in a row. DraftKings. Uh, five in no. a row, full court. Yeah. Not half court. No. He, he, he can shoot from anywhere. But he's taking shots That's from the nutty. stands at him. I don't know how they, I, I don't know. I don't, I was going to say we want to check out that brain to see how it works, but we, maybe in like maybe we let it go. 80 years. Well, in 80 <laughs> years, we need to. Einstein's brain. Yeah, Same Einstein's. Cheese will be next. Up next on Squawk Pod, Russian espionage and U.S. defense with former CIA director General David Petraeus who's at the Munich Security Conference, the threats from Putin, and the latest news from Russia, including the death of Alexei Navalny. To be candid, I was surprised that he lived as long as he did. He obviously was the most important and most courageous opponent to Vladimir Putin. Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC, today with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick. Here's Becky. Up on Becky, Thank you. We do have some breaking news out of Russia. Kremlin critic Alexei Nalvani has died, according to Russia's prison service. He was being held in a facility about 40 miles north of the Arctic Circle, where he had been sentenced to 19 years under a special regime. He was just 47 years old. That's it? 
FBI Director Christopher Wray says the U.S. and its allies have averted a Russian cyber spy uh, operation targeting the U.S. and Europe. For more on this and other geopolitical threats, let's bring in retired four-star uh, Army General David Petraeus. He's a former CIA director and now serves as KKR Global Institute uh, chairman. Uh, General Petraeus joins us from the Munich Security Conference, uh, where he, uh, where Director Ray announced news of the Russian spy operation. Thanks for joining us, and, and you, you must know vastly more uh, about this than we do, uh, General. Can you just fill us in on, on what you've been able to, uh, to to find out about what, what was such a cryptic, uh, the way it was released, and everything else earlier this week was was a little bit bizarre. Well, look, I'm uh, long since serving in government, uh, Joe, and I have certainly haven't talked to Director Ray. Uh, but there's no end of threats coming out of Russia, without question. Uh, we've had this recent uh, worry, this concern, huge concern about the possibility of some kind of weapon in space, whether it's an actual nuclear weapon in space or a nuclear-powered satellite, uh, more along the lines of some of what we have, that has an electromagnetic pulse weapon. Uh, either of those is, would be very alarming because, of course, we're hugely dependent on positioning, navigation, and timing satellites in space that control so much uh, of what we do in our daily lives, the economy, and, of course, uh, in military capabilities. And then you have this additional threat uncovered and announced by the FBI director, which is, again, completely unsurprising. Russia has been trying for decades to uh, inflame passions in the United States, to play on grievances, to inflame those, uh, to influence our elections, to spy on us, and so forth. Um, so again, no surprise there. But tragic to hear that uh, Alexei Navalny passed away. Uh, to be candid, I was surprised that he lived as long as he did. He obviously was the most important and most courageous uh, opponent to Vladimir Putin, who, remember, he went back on his own uh, from Germany uh, to Russia to continue his crusade uh, against Putin. Uh, he's been in prison for a long time, very harsh treatment, often solitary confinement, but still occasionally able to get word out. Uh, and now, of course, uh, he, he has passed away. And I, I would wonder whether this was natural circumstances or not. And the, the, I guess we shouldn't be surprised with the, the, the way it's announced uh, by, by Russia. He's, he's, they don't even have to explain. They don't even pretend to have to explain what went on, I guess, do they, General? No, no. I mean, this is a country that's led by a brutal dictator who is uh, animated by a grievance-filled, revanchist, revisionist view of history that, of course, led him to invade Ukraine, a country he denies the existence of, uh, the right to exist, if you will. And, of course, here at the Munich Security Conference, all these other issues are very important. But I think the one that is center stage has to do uh, with whether the U.S. is going to continue to support Ukraine in the way that the bipartisan majority in Congress believes. Uh, and I'm sure Vice President Harris, who's due here in about two hours, uh, will underscore the importance of. And then President Zelensky here uh, tomorrow morning. And I think that is the real issue here, as well as just questions about U.S. commitment to NATO and so on that have been raised uh, in recent days. Yeah, yes, General, NATO writ large exactly. uh, with, with some of the recent comments. But. Well, General, what do you think of, I guess, the PR campaign that, that Putin has undertaken with Tucker Carlson going there, what social media has kind of done with some of those things to this point? Um, 
he's certainly making the point for why the U.S. should not continue supporting Ukraine. Well, I'm wholly unconvinced of his argument, uh, which, again, is just full of these manufactured grievances, his, his version of history. Let's keep in mind that this is an individual who, when asked what the worst geopolitical event of the 20th century was, a century that, of course, included two world wars and the Great Depression, responded the demise of the Soviet Union, the dissolution of uh, the USSR. And he's been trying ever since to reassemble as much of it as he can, perhaps the Russian Empire, uh, as a modern-day czar. Uh, and he's done it, in many cases, with very, very brutal means. Uh, the invasion has been, was totally unprovoked and incredibly brutal, and it continues, and despite the extraordinary losses that Russian forces are sustaining. You do wonder if there won't come a time. He's unconcerned by these losses. But Russia's mothers and fathers surely at some point are going to say, my son is not going to enlist. Uh, and you'll see what we saw earlier, which was more Russian men leaving the Federation than actually showing up at the conscription stations. But he's figured out how with large enlistment bonuses to continue to replenish his forces, however poorly trained and equipped they are and however also poorly employed they are in almost human wave attacks. Um, but again, that's the issue that's front and center here. It is the continued Russian threat. It has many forms, uh, as we've seen just in the past week. Uh, and again, his long-winded explanation of all of this and his willingness to negotiate, this is all pure fiction. Uh, he does, wants to crush Ukraine, and if he is able to do that, he won't stop there. Moldova, Lithuania, and others will be next on the list. It seems like he's living in a strange world, uh, too, General, because if he has superpower envy or, or, or misses the, the stature that the USSR had, it's an economic problem, and, and he's done nothing to, to address that. And, and, you know, gaining territory, whether it's, you know, Ukraine or, or the other countries you just mentioned, what, what does that actually mean when, when you gain the territory if you still have a, a, an economy that, that's you know, a tenth of the size of, of, uh, of, of most countries. Well, in fact, his problem is that he could not abide on his border, uh, a former Russian Republic or former Soviet Republic, Ukraine, that was actually a successful, thriving uh, democracy with a free market economy. That would show the Russian people what they could be uh, if they had adequate or even decent governance. Uh, look, Russia has been reduced at this point in time. It's a very formidable country, largest nuclear arsenal in the world. But in many respects, uh, it's a gas station with guns. Uh, it has huge quantities, of course, of crude oil, natural gas, and coal. It's still able to find markets for that. That's how its economy has survived, despite our efforts uh, with various sanctions and export controls, all of which need to be tightened, and then the evaders gone after and so forth. And that's ongoing. But they've managed to sustain. He's now put the economy in a complete wartime footing uh, so that he can sustain this incredibly costly war. And we need to be doing everything we can uh, to help Ukraine, just as, by the way, the Europeans have. They just recently, the EU, as a body, approved 50 billion dollars in, in additional 50 billion euros, actually. So 
$54 billion of additional assistance. They had already provided two for every one U.S. dollar when you look at it in aggregate. So not just security, but also economic, financial and humanitarian. Uh, and now this additional tranche, European countries, as the NATO Secretary General mentioned uh, yesterday, are stepping up this year. It appears that 18 of the 31 will meet that 2 percent of GDP uh, on defense goal that has long been established for NATO countries. Uh, and we need to continue to do everything we can to help Ukraine to preserve its independence. This is their war of independence, and we need to help them in that. However flawed democracy and free market economy, they share our values and ideals incomparably more uh, than does uh, Vladimir Putin's Russia. It's all interconnected, and you've got, you know, I was going to ask you about Biden and Netanyahu and Rafa and, and, and then, you know, and, and we didn't even touch on China and they're all interconnected as well, General. So it's a. Uh, well, they are. It, yeah, it, 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 if I could make one last point, in fact, yeah. if you don't support Ukraine, you undermine deterrence in the Indo-Pacific because the response in Beijing will be, see, you can't count on the Americans just as they responded after we withdrew a small force that was left in Afghanistan uh, in that country met its disastrous end. Uh, General, uh, we appreciate your, your time coming to us all the way from, uh, from over in, in Germany. Thank you. Next on Squawk Pod, the sports streaming alliance between Fox, Disney, and Warner Brothers Discovery has consumers ready for a new option. But does it harm competition off the field? Former Federal Trade Commissioner Moselle Thompson weighs in. I originally thought well, I know the challenges each of these three entities are facing in streaming. Is this real or is this the spin that they want to give to the marketplace to show that they're actually doing something? Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan. The sports streaming alliance between Disney's uh, ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers Discovery could face an antitrust review from the Justice Department. Reports say that there are concerns that the deal could harm consumers, sports leagues, and rivals. Join us now to talk about uh, what's at stake. Moselle Thompson, former FTC commissioner under President Clinton. And um, we had to, you know, we've been talking off camera about some of these things and people weren't listening. So I guess we got to go over all, all, all that again, do we not? That's all right. Is this really going to happen? Um, it's hard to tell because no one knows what the details yet. You know, the devil's in the details. You know, we don't know what the pricing is. We don't know the structure. We don't know what choices are going to be offered. We don't know the name. We don't know the name. You got any good ideas? Well, did you like mine? <laughs> Wide World of Sports. Everybody <laughs> laughed when I came up with that. That was a it's damn been, good name. It's used. not being used, not anymore. <laughs> but how off camera we were talking. How can it not be bad for the leagues when you've got these major players all banding together and, and you know pooling their resources to you know to not bid higher than they normally would have in the past? Well, 
there are a couple of things that are happening here. I think the, the, the companies are betting, one, that they're going to grow the pie because there are going to be more people who are going to watch things that they, that they wouldn't watch otherwise. Now, I'm not sure the people who watch free TV are and they haven't invested in uh, a cable now are going to be attracted by never get trading yeah. one bundle for another. Yeah, it's I'm one not bundle sure for that's another. true. The second thing is, are they going to provide any enhancements? That uh, are they going to give you something that they wouldn't give you otherwise? And uh, it, it's hard to figure out what that might be. The other way they can they can maintain their business is to drive their own costs down. If they have more leverage over the sports leagues so that they can pay a lower price. Why else would they be doing it? Why wouldn't the sports leagues just say, forget it then? We're going to go to NBC, CBS, Amazon, Apple, anybody else, because we don't like what you're doing. Well, what's interesting is uh, that everybody has been a little quiet. They haven't said what they're going to do yet, because I, I think they were caught by surprise. that they the were. Yeah, yeah, I think that they were not entirely expecting this. And they are also waiting to see, well, what are the details going to look like? which is why they won't give the details because they don't want anybody to attack them on that front. That's exactly right. That's exactly so right. Does this ever even happen? Well, it may, it may happen in some form. One of the things that uh, when you have antitrust scrutiny that um, it may look a lot different than how they've originally pitched it. Right. And, and the Justice Department hasn't even told them that they're looking at it, right? It, it, we're just hearing and just they, they may be waiting for, as you say, to, to, for more specifics, more about prices and everything else. I still don't see how you do it. I told you what, what, what I said. I still don't see how you do it without the NFL games that, that CBS mm -hmm. and, and, and NBC has. Those are the ones that I want. A lot of that stuff that they're putting in there, I don't even want it. So why? I, I, that's why it's hard for me to. And I already have Major League Baseball. I have all those games already. But I said to you, if they had all of March Madness, mm -hmm. and that's the only place you could see it, I'd have to buy it, probably. Mm -hmm. Well, you also don't know who else. TNT, TBS, oh, okay, CBS, yeah. but you're right, yeah, CBS. CBS has a bunch of March you Madness. Don't, you don't know who else they're talking to, either. So, for example, one of the, the, the negatives is the Olympics are coming up. They're not going to provide the Olympics because yeah. NBC Comcast is. But you don't know who's talking to Comcast. You don't know if they are. So I'm just saying to you that we have to see how this plays out a little. I'm sure what DOJ is they're doing, they're talking to all the potential competitors. They're actually talking to consumer interests. They're also talking to the leagues to find out what are the pushes and pulls, what are the pressures that are going to be on them. Is there really an argument that an Amazon or an Apple or a Netflix can say like, oh, they're beating up on us by teaming up. I mean, they have such deep pockets as it is. I could see where an NBC or a CBS would have a complaint. It depends but on what you think your distribution model is. Okay, uh, I think th this is an attempt to distribute in a streaming platform and <clears throat> the, the entities you just described already show that they have facility to reach an audience online. Mm -hmm. We don't know what that market is going to look like yet. But when you already have someone like this entity, this proposed entity, that people have already talked about controlling 60 to 80% of the sports content already, I am sure you're going to hear from Amazon, you're going to hear from Comcast, you're going to hear from a lot of people who don't want someone else to essentially populate the field before they even have a chance to compete.
and, the, and you would have thought that maybe someone would have called Roger Goodell before putting this together? Wouldn't you think that they would well, have... Well, Roger was kind of busy last week. He was, <laughs> trying to sign up Taylor for next year. <laughs> um, no, but it, it, it just seems like it's such a, a, a sea change that, that you would have, I don't know, had it, you know, instead of just springing it on people. I'm, I'm not sure this happens. I don't, I don't, but, it, well, and we work for Comcast. Maybe I have a, right. a, a, a dog or a horse in the race or something, but um, do, do you think that this is the final three that we're talking about? It could, it could expand at some it point? It could, it could. I, we have to figure out what it is. And I don't think that we know enough about it. What that. it should be is that I can watch whatever I want, whenever I want. Any That's NFL right. game, any... And, and, and the content is still so valuable, more valuable than ever. How come streaming is such a crappy business? And you got... Someone wrote in that this is like, if you strap three drunk individuals together, they don't walk any straighter. Well, what I, when I heard the news, I guess my reaction might have been a little different than some. I originally thought, well, I know the challenges each of these three entities are facing in streaming. Is this real or is this the spin that they want to give to the marketplace to show that they're actually doing something? Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I don't know that yet until the details come out. I mean, the, it's interesting because Disney's in the middle of a proxy battle, too. Right. So everybody's trying to figure out if they're trying to show that they're exacting value from the contracts they have on sports. And if they have a better story to tell, then maybe that's what they need right now. Right now, I don't know what it is, but I'd be interested to look to find out. And I'm sure DOJ is, too. You know, that that peacock. I had to buy, I had to do premium Peacock to get that one game. I mean, it works. Right. If, you, if it's the only place I can see something, you're gonna. And it's five dollars a month or something. You're, you're probably gonna do it. But I don't know. It's very strange. The landscape. It, it, all this has to shake out, and it all has to do with how hard it is to make money in streaming. Right? Well, what you're describing is 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 something that might be a little different. We've we've moved from typical cable bundles to a la carte pricing. But what does a la carte really mean? Does that mean you trade one bundle for another, yeah. which might be here, or do you trade uh, for a particular set of events? Right. We said that for a while, that my a la carte, suddenly I'm above what my bundle was. That's exactly right. Yeah, in pricing. Look. But I, I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. They are weeks away from a proxy battle. Well, you have to have Disney. a story. You know, I... I grew up here in New York. I spent a lot of time working with companies in New York. And uh, I know what this time period looks like. And, uh, and I've been watching earnings mm -hmm. and who has the right story and who doesn't have the right story. And so that's why I thought it was interesting timing of this coming after the Super Bowl where people paying attention to sports and people... And right after the Peacock. That's right. And then we haven't talked about gambling. and Everybody ought to include some type of... That, that's the, the most powerful force in sports right now, by, by far. Even right. intra-game intra right. wagering is, is big, too. And that's all so much more accessible yeah. now. That's where streaming becomes much more important. Did right. you get real-time information? I made a $3 bet last night, Becky. I, I have a problem. I know. $3. It's only, I only made one bet, $3. I didn't want to go below a certain level. It's very sad. Thanks, Mozell. 
Musician Rod Stewart has sold his song catalog to Iconic Artists, a group for nearly $100 billion. This is a Wall Street Journal report uh, that said that the sale includes uh, Stewart's interests in his publishing catalog, his recorded music, and some name and likeness rights, maybe that, that hair style. At the same time, uh, Iconic said it had raised more than $1 billion in new capital for future catalog investments led by private investment firm HPS, investment partners, and Iconic's roster, if you don't know, uh, of artists' rights include the Beach Boys, uh, Cher, Dean Martin, uh, and Linda Ronstadt. Wow. And I have some, I have some affinity for, for, you know, I comb my hair a thousand different ways, and it comes out looking just the same. Yeah. That's, that's a famous line from one of, so he knew. Yeah. Even put it into his, into the lyrics of the song. If I listen that was, long uh, enough to That's every picture tells a story. I, I like the really old. I like his old stuff I, too. Yeah. yeah. Maggie we were just May. saying Maggie Mae. We were talking about Mandolin, this off camera. Yeah. Wind. There's some. There's some great stuff. Yeah. Every picture tells a story. Yeah. That's the pod for today. Thank you for seeing out the week with us. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. You can tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern, or you can get the best of our TV show anytime when you follow Squawk Pod wherever you're listening now. We're off for the President's Day holiday, but we will meet you right back here on Tuesday. In the meantime, have a great weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com.